This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. We started a series uh, some weeks ago that we've entitled How to Stand in Faith. Now, the reason for this, and and I'm sorry for repeating this, but I I really do think it's necessary. So often uh, in um, following church services, sometimes it's following healing school, other times it's following some other service, I'll have people come up and uh, and they want me to pray. And, of course, we're always willing to pray for people under the right circumstances. And and those circumstances are the ones that I try to identify first and foremost because I'll always ask people if they want me to pray where healing is concerned or sometimes it's another area. That they, uh, that they request prayer. I'll always ask the same question, and that is, what uh, scriptures are you standing on? Because the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It does not say that you're heard for your much speaking. Jesus said you are not heard for your much speaking. So it's not a matter of how many people you can get to pray. It's not a matter of how long you pray. It's not a matter of how often you pray. None of those things really make a difference. The Bible says it's effective praying that gets results. Well, effective praying is always prayer that's based on the word. So I'll always ask the same question. What, uh, what scriptures, what verses of scriptures are you standing on regarding this prayer you want to pray? Whatever it is, whatever area it is. And I get such a variety of answers. Now, that's not true for the people that, that come here. Because I've said this often enough, and, and folks, if you haven't gotten the idea, I'm trying to tell you how it works. If you come to me for prayer, I am going to ask you what scripture are you standing on. If you don't know that, if you don't know what scripture you're standing on regarding your prayer, you're not ready to pray. It's just that simple. And so people come in from the outside, and, and I get so many different answers. And, but, but most often it's something along the lines of, oh, but Pastor Mike, I just believe God. Okay. I, I don't know what somebody means by that. Because if you don't tell me a scripture that you're standing on, what does believing God really mean? Sometimes people want to tell me their story. Oh, back when I was years and years and years ago, 25 years ago, the Lord healed me of this, that, and the other. Well, that's great, but that's no guarantee He's going to heal you today. Because if you don't have a scripture to stand on, you don't have anything to put confidence in that it's yours now. And so often people come up with all different kinds of things. Sometimes they'll tell me how much they love God. Like that's supposed to convince God, I love you so much, now do something for me. That's not what gets the answers to prayer, folks. So people use these words in, in, in a variety of ways and in general ways, and very often they don't even know what they're saying. So we're talking about what the Bible says, the Bible definition, not your idea, not my idea, but what the Bible says about how to stand in faith. Let's look at Romans chapter 4 for just a minute. Romans chapter 4. Here's the story of Abraham and Abraham's faith. The Bible says that Abraham is the father of our faith. In other words, he's the example that we should follow in faith. Abraham was facing impossible circumstances and got supernatural results. And the supernatural results he got, the Bible identifies, is his, was the operation of his faith. He got the same supernatural results that Jesus got when he cursed the fig tree. The difference in Abraham's results and Jesus' results is Abraham's body, uh, Abraham and both Sarah's body were too old to have children, to produce children, to function in that manner. But he got a change in his and her physical body through faith. Both Abraham's faith and Sarah's faith were necessary, and the Bible credits both of them in faith for getting supernatural results. They changed the conditions of their body by faith. And the Bible says that's the same example we can follow. Now, folks, whatever sickness attacks you, if Abraham changed by faith the conditions of his body, you can, by faith, change the conditions of your body. 
Oh, but Pastor Mike, the doctor tells me there's no hope for me. Well, what hope was there for Abraham or Sarah to have a children when they were 100 and uh, he was 100 and she was 90 years old? There was no hope for them either. There was no physical means of hope. There was nothing they could say, well, if this faith stuff doesn't work, maybe they can do an infertility operation. There was no oper- there was no operation. There was nothing for them to, to fall back on. They had faith in God, and that was the only hope that they had. So there's no situation. I believe that's why God used Abraham's example as one for us to follow. Because you can't get more impossible than what they faced. And they got supernatural results. They changed the conditions of their body and changed the conditions of their life by faith. Now, notice what the Bible says, how they did this. Verse 17. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations. In other words, Paul is telling us by the Holy Ghost, even as the Bible tells us, even as the Bible relates to us in uh, the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, here's what God said about Abraham that he had to work with. I have made thee the father of many nations. I have made thee the father of many nations. I have made thee the father of many nations. Folks, the Bible is telling us, the Holy Ghost is telling us, that is what Abraham had to work with. I have made thee the father of many nations. Now, the devil will be right there on your shoulder saying, well, yeah, but your situation is different. At least he had that. And what do you have? Well, what do you have? You have the same God saying something in the same past tense, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. God said to Abraham before he ever had a child, I have made you the father of many nations. You need to understand something about God. God calls things past tense. He speaks of things in the past tense. When God determines by his divine purpose and plan, this is the way it is, that's the way it is. Because God operates by faith. When he says it, it's done. When he said of Abraham, I have made thee the father of many nations, that was it. Abraham was made the father of many nations. Now, Abraham's faith was necessary for that to come to pass. But as far as God was concerned, that's a done deal. In the same way, when Jesus went to the cross and was made sin for you, you were made righteous. That's a done deal. Whether you ever feel righteous or not, you were made righteous. When Jesus went to the cross and was made poor for your sake, you were made rich. That's a done deal. Whether you ever receive any provision of God uh, by faith or not, that's a done deal. You are rich now, even if your bank book says you're in debt. You have been made rich. Now, I know the word rich throws some people, but that's a personal problem. Those are the words that the Bible uses. I'm not going to shy away from the Bible saying you've been made rich because that's what it says. Now, rich doesn't mean millionaire. It doesn't mean billionaire. It doesn't mean any of those things. It means an abundant supply. It means enough to meet your needs and have enough to help other people with. That's what rich means. It means an abundant supply. Well, as far as God's concerned, that's a done deal because Jesus already paid for it. Where the Bible says Jesus took stripes upon his back and with his stripes you're healed. As far as God is concerned, that is done. And that's the basis, that's the foundation. God speaking in the past tense, letting us know what has already been accomplished is the basis for you to exercise faith. Now the Bible, let me give you a, 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 a contrasting example. The Bible says that there will be a rapture someday. 
Well, what do we do? We put our faith in God's word coming to pass. But we can't say, I believe I received the rapture. We can't be raptured now. I couldn't be raptured in front of you by saying, I believe I received the rapture in Jesus' name. Why? Because it hasn't been accomplished. It's something that the Bible says will happen in the future. But something the Bible says has already happened is that you were healed by the stripes of Jesus. That's not in front of you. Don't look to be healed. Look behind you at the fact that you were healed. That's what Abraham had to work from. That's what the Bible is telling us was the foundation for the faith that we're supposed to emulate. The faith that we're to use as an example. As it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations before him whom he believed. Now, this is speaking about it from Abraham's point of view. Before him, before God, whom he, Abraham, believed, who, speaking of God, quickens the dead. Now, I like to say this is God's job description. Romans chapter 4, verse 17 is God's job description. It says two things about him. Number one, he quickens the dead. He makes dead things alive. Good thing in Abraham's case, huh? Good thing in Sarah's case, he makes dead things alive. He brings life to that which is not living. He gives life to that which seems to have been destroyed. He brings life and resurrection to that which seems too late to do anything about. Now, that could be your body as well. For example, if you've got a kidney that doesn't function anymore, guess what? God quickens dead things. If you've got a a part of your body, an aspect of your body that doesn't function the way that it's supposed to and no longer functions the way that it used to, he makes dead things live. He brings life to that which has lost life. That's the first thing it says about God. The second thing it says about God, the second part of his job description is he calls things that calleth, calleth those things which be not as though they were. Two things the Bible says about God. Now, the, the, the part that's a little bit blind to us here is the, the phrase before him. Because the purpose is not to tell us about God. The purpose is to tell us about Abraham. Because we're not following God's example, we're following Abraham's example. So here it says, as it is written, as God said, as is recorded in the Old Testament, I have made thee the father of many nations. Abraham, before God, believed in God, who quickens the dead and calls things that be not as though they are or were. What it's saying in the phrase, before him, it means Abraham was like God in this respect. He called things that were not. As though they were. He followed God's example, which is exactly what Jesus is saying in Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Follow my example of speaking to obstacles, speaking to circumstances. You follow my example just like Abraham followed God's example. What was God's example? God calls things that be not as though they were. How do we know? Because he said to Abraham before he ever had children, I have made you the father of nations. Now that's what... Believing you receive when you pray is all about. It's saying that by faith it's yours based on God's word, no matter what the circumstances appear to be. Now this is a place where most people miss it. Because when you start calling things that be not as though they were, the devil's going to sit on your shoulder and say you're lying. I've had people say, when I tried to lead them in a prayer, okay, we prayed the prayer of faith, they were in agreement, I'm praying, they're, you know, I, I, they seem to be agreeing. 
And then after it was over, I said, okay, now say this with me. I believe I received my healing in Jesus' name. And I've had people look me right in the eye and say, but I'm not healed yet. I know. If you want to receive your healing, you've got to believe it before you see it or feel it. So say this after me. I believe I received my healing in Jesus' name. And they, I've had people look me right now and say, well, I can't say that, Pastor Mike. That'd be lying. Well, from whose point of view? Was it a lie when God said to Abraham, I have made thee the father of many nations? Based on that line of reasoning, God's been lying from the beginning of time. Folks, it's not a lie when you're speaking what God said. You're not saying, I believe I received my healing because I feel differently. You're not saying, I believe I received my healing because my body looks differently. You're saying, I believe I received my healing based on what Jesus said about prayer and the prayer of faith. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. It is much more of a school than any other healing service I'd been to. Pastor Mike goes through the specific scriptures in the Bible that point to the healing power of God. Again, that's Healing School each Sunday night, led by Pastor Mike Webb at 6 p.m. For directions and more information, go to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. What things soever you desire. When you pray... Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, notice the two aspects of that. It tells you to do something while you pray, and it says what the result will be down the road. Now, I don't know how long the road is. The road may be a day, it may be a week, maybe a month. I don't know. I'm not the one that controls that, and neither are you. But the Bible talks about what you do at the present time, the present time being when you pray, and talks about the results you'll have afterwards. And it's all based on your words. I believe I receive my healing when I pray. Every prayer of faith should end in the glad confession, it's mine, I have it now. It's mine, I have it now. It's mine, I have it now. Brother Hagin said this was the first thing that, that really dawned on him that brought him off the sick bed. He said that he struggled with this month after month after month. He was in a weakened condition, uh, bed fast, con- couldn't move, uh, paralyzed, mostly paralyzed. He could read for, you know, sometimes ten minutes at a time. Uh, sometimes a couple of times a day, but he was get stuck. He, he knew in his heart that the answer was in Mark chapter 11. He knew in his heart. Somehow or another, the Holy Ghost was leading him. He knew the answer was in Mark chapter 11. And he struggled over and over and over again. And he said he went around and around this circle time after time after time. He said, I believe I received my healing, and then I checked my body to see if I felt any different. He said, I'd get strong in faith. I'd begin to say, yes, thank God, healing is mine. I believe the Bible says that, that uh, the woman with the issue of blood's faith made her whole. If her faith make her whole, I can, my faith can make me whole. So he said, I'd believe I received my healing, but then I'd check my body. I'd check my body to see the difference. He said he would go up and down this emotional roller coaster. He'd feel strong in faith when he prayed, and the next morning he'd wake up, nothing would be changed, and he'd go back down into the pits of depression. And he said, finally... He just called out to the Lord alone in his bedroom. He called out to the Lord and said, Lord, now, if you came, if you appeared to me and said, Kenneth Hagin, your problem is you don't believe. He said, with all due respect, Lord, I'd have to say you're a liar because I do believe. And he said, that's when the Lord spoke to him. The Lord spoke to him and said, you do believe as far as you know. He said, the first revelation he got about faith is that faith is based on knowledge. You do believe as far as you know. 
That means in order to believe or have faith effectively, he's going to have to have greater knowledge. So he started digging in. He said, all right, faith is the answer. There's something about this I don't know. He went round and round, took another month, went round and round this bush time and time and time again, and finally one day it dawned on him. One day it dawned on him. He said, wait a minute. It says when you pray. When you pray. Ever notice how you can read a scripture a thousand times and not see what's there? But then the light comes on and it's like, whoa, where'd that come from? It was there all the time, but we didn't see it. He saw when you pray. See, he's looking for when he feels better. And he said, I see it. I see it. I'm waiting to see a change in my body before I believe I receive. I've got to, I see what I've got to do. I've got to believe I'm healed from the deformed heart while I'm still laying here on the bed and the heart's not beating right. He said, I've got to believe I receive my healing from this blood disease while it's still deformed, while it's still inoperable, while it's still diseased. I've got to believe I receive healing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet before I see any change whatsoever. So he said it out loud. He said, I call heaven to record. I call earth to record. And I call whatever demons of hell may be present in this room to record. That on the whatever day it was, he called the date and the time. Such and such a date, such and such a time. I believe that I received my healing in Jesus' name. He said, I'd never seen anybody do it before, but I just kind of propped up my arms, you know, leaned them back on the pillow a little bit. Didn't lift them off the bed. It was too weak to do that. But he kind of propped his arms up on the pillow and began to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I believe I received my healing in Jesus' name. I thank you for healing. He began to call things that be not as though they were. After a few moments of this, the Lord spoke to him and said, now you believe you're well. He said, I do. I, in faith, I do believe I'm well. And the Lord said, then get up. Well, people ought to be up this time of day. Mid-morning, 10, 10.30 in the morning, something like that. Normally, that'd be the case. That's when he started dragging himself out of bed. No change. His body didn't feel any different. Still, still paralyzed. He said he reached down and grabbed his pajama legs, grabbed one leg and kind of threw it over the edge of the bed. It hit the floor. Sounded like a cord of wood, stick of wood. Hitting the floor. He said, I reached down, grabbed the other pant leg by the, uh, by the pajamas, reached it over, threw it over. My other leg hit the floor. Whop. He said, now I'm starting to slide out the bed. Now, folks, I want you to, I want you to get this. This is what the Holy Ghost led him to do. The Holy Ghost led him to do something that looked like it wasn't working. Because faith steps out where the Bible says to go. Even it looks like you're going to fall on your face. So he said as he started sliding out of the bed, he reached over, had the, the headboard type thing. He reached over and hooked his arm around the, the, the whatever it was, had some kind of pole, four-poster bed type thing. You know, reached his arm around and grabbed a hold of the, the, the pole on the bed, the headboard. He said, when I did that, he said, now I'm starting to slide out of the bed, and I wound up holding on to the, the, the bedpost with both arms, hugging it. He said, my first impression was to cry because nothing had changed. But he said, I stopped myself. I just gotten the revelation of believing I receive when I pray. And so I said, I declare before heaven, earth, and hell that I believe I receive my healing in Jesus' name. He said, something hit him in the top of his head. As many times as he told that over 60-something years, he said the first thing that he described it at was the best description he ever came up with. He said it felt like warm honey. 
He said it started to ooze down over his head and over his face. Ooze down over his neck and over his shoulders. He said everywhere it touched, it said it brought life. He said when it got down to the part of my body that was paralyzed, below my shoulders, he said it was like somebody was sticking a million pins and needles in my flesh. He said nothing ever hurt so good in my life. He said when you haven't felt anything in so long, any kind of feeling is good. He said in a matter of moments, it got down all the way to his feet and he's standing upright in the room. Now, what made the difference? What made the difference is he began to say what he believed based on the word. Instead of what he was doing before, waiting to feel the change and then declare it. Mark eleven twenty four. one more time. Therefore I say unto you, because everything is governed by your words, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. If healing is your desire, then plug healing in there. What things soever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive healing. And you shall have healing. That's what Brother Hagin did. That's what brought him victory. And it came from nowhere. Brother Hagin used to say, you know, people thought that I had such great faith. He said, I had enough of the word coming into my life like it would be the amount of light coming in from a keyhole. He said, that's how much of the word that I knew. He said, that's how much faith I had. It was like a keyhole was shining a little bit of light into a darkened room. He said, but that was enough to get me out of a sickbed once it was acted on. Once it was acted on. Therefore, I say unto you, Jesus is telling us what things. Here's Jesus revealing to us how it works. Here's Jesus revealing to us how you can get supernatural results. What things soever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, it's telling us to emulate Abraham and call those things that be not as though they are. That's what believe you receive them means. Speak of it as if it's already done. Speak of healing as if it's already yours. Your body says it's not. The circumstance says it's not. But the word of God says that it is. Which one's true for you? Thank God his word's true. Let's all stand. Let's lift our hands and thank God because of the word. Thank you, Father, that your word is true. Thank you, Father, that according to your word, we were healed by the stripes of Jesus. Not according to how we feel, not according to what it seems like in our bodies. But according to your word, we were healed by the stripes of Jesus. You, Father, who calleth those things that be not as though they were, said that we were healed by the stripes of Jesus. Therefore, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Those of you that don't need healing, you pray it along with us for those that do. Therefore, Father, we declare, according to the word of God, healing is ours. We believe, we receive healing. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet in Jesus' name. Not because we feel it, not because it looks like it, but according to your word, we were healed. Thank you, Father, that healing is ours now in Jesus' name. Now just stand there and thank Him for it. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Father. We declare that we're healed in Jesus' name. Healing is ours in the name of Jesus. Not according to our feelings, not according to our circumstances, but according to your word. Healing is ours. Oh, thank you, Father. What a privilege it is to walk by faith. What a privilege it is to see the work of the enemy destroyed in our lives. The attacks of the enemy thwarted. What a privilege, Father, to receive by faith that which Jesus has accomplished. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name, the name, the name, the name of the one who offered himself for us. The name of the one who paid the price for sickness and disease. We believe we receive, Father, healing in the name of Jesus. We refuse to let anything to the contrary come out of our mouths, Father. And you said that if when we pray we believe that we receive healing, we shall have healing. Thank you, Father, that the prayer of faith has healed us and that you're raising us up. You cause it to come to pass. Our confession will be, it's ours. Healing is ours. We have it now. By faith in your word. Blessed be your holy name, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, folks, you need to know that he, that, uh, excuse me, that faith works the same in every area. It works exactly the same in every area. The same faith that we just exercised to receive healing is the faith you exercise to receive that which Jesus paid for where your provision is concerned. It works the same in every area. There's no difference. It's the same thing that we, if we were having a prayer for, for people to get saved tonight, we would have done the same thing. We would have confessed Jesus as Lord and we would have said we believe we receive salvation in Jesus' name. It's exactly the same thing. It works the same in every area. What things soever you desire, not just healing, it doesn't just work for healing, but what things soever you desire. If you have a desire for finances, if you have a desire for your needs to be met, if you have a desire for your bills to be paid, it works just the same way. Faith works the same in every area. And it comes by the same operation. It comes by putting the Word of God in your heart and speaking with your mouth, doing the preparation to stand by meditating in the Word, and then the operation of standing by refusing to let anything to the contrary come out of your mouth. The most basic way to exercise your faith is, first of all, to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, you'll have what you say. Romans chapter 10 tells us that if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess him as your Lord, you will be saved. In other words, Jesus becomes your Savior. He becomes your Lord, and you become part of God's family. So a simple prayer of faith would sound like this. God, I believe that Jesus died for my sins, that you raised him from the dead. Therefore, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is now my Lord and Savior. Thank you for accepting me into your family. Thank you that you're now my Heavenly Father. That's all there is to it. If you've never prayed that prayer, Make Jesus the Lord of your life today. Thanks for watching. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. 
This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. My coworker, Elaine, um, she would talk to me about the Foothill Church. Oh, she learned this, she learned that. And I just felt like, why don't I know this stuff? And I finally decided to start coming here. And the more I came, the more I got attached. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.